So, hey, Thomas, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. This is Thomas McPherson. Did I pronounce it, did I pronounce it right? All right. I got some Scottish blood, so I remember how important it is. So, um, Thomas is, I'm in Portland, Maine. Thomas is, is in Sedona, Arizona. He ha I happen to have a family connection to him. <laughs> and uh, Thomas has agreed to be interviewed based on, I asked him because based on the incredible things that Thomas has done in his life. So thank you so much, Thomas, for being here. I'm so thank grateful. You for the, the privilege and the honor. <laughs> okay, so um, first question I'd like to talk to you about bravery taking risks and overcoming fear in your life and hoping that you could tell me a bit about your life story and courage and what you've achieved in your life. Yeah, so um, courage and bravery and, and fear and all of those things, I would say that, uh, you know, my mantra is uh, fear is okay. Fear is completely normal. Um, I'm, I'm very fearful when I do a lot of things. The difference is I make a mental decision that I will not let that fear dictate how I live my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so knowing that, whatever it is that I'm doing, I will step to the edge. I will get there. I will be afraid. Mm. And then I will take a breath and I will consciously say, okay, you're afraid. It's fine. Now, push through that fear and grow as a person. Wow. That's amazing. So can you tell me a little bit about, like, what examples of those things that have that you've done that you know that ex exemplify some of that fear about pushing through the fear yeah sure so you know as a kid I, I always had I always excuse me I always had fun growing up just being adventurous you know goofing off but uh, w one of the best things was I was I am still mortified of heights Terrible. wow <laughs> and flying worse than the dentist chair oh it was <laughs> i would they called it white knuckling it because i would hold on so tight my wow turned white wow and so i was so afraid of flying and my buddy says to me one time he goes you're afraid of flying i go yeah he goes well, why don't you learn to fly and i thought he was just messing with me you know kind of, <laughs> kind of joking and i and i brushed him off and he goes no seriously learn to fly and i thought about it and i go well that that sounds like it'd be a fun thing to do so i did i took flying lessons and i learned to fly and, you know, now I don't have that same fear in a plane. I mean, to an extent, that lack of control, but, you know, learning and fear is just a lack of information or the lack of knowledge. Yeah. So that's kind of the other part of that is, you know, informing yourself and getting out there and, and pushing what your knowledge boundaries are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so on a daily basis, what do I do? I, I did something that I did this morning. There's a wonderful, beautiful cliff in this background here. Yes. And I like to hike to the top of big cliffs or buildings or bridges and then <laughs> jump off of them with a parachute. Yeah. I call it uh, base jumping. It's called base jumping. And, Amazing. Uh, you know, I will put on my parachute. I will step to the edge and I'll be afraid. I'll be afraid. But it, it's, it's about trusting yourself, mm -hmm. trusting your equipment. Mm -hmm. And then it, it is about having that courage. Yeah. And pushing yourself, pushing through that envelope mm -hmm. and saying, you know, I'm going to reach into the void and, and just see what's out there. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. I mean, and so base jumping is like a, a perfect example of fear. And uh, and let's see, I think, you know, you do that like every day is every other day. Whenever the winds cooperate. <laughs> so and you're facing I mean, that's kind of like facing mortality a little bit. 
when you... Well, you know, I, I, I think I also have a fear. Some people have fears of uh, rejection, you know, not being in a good relationship. Yes. Some people have fears of dying. Mm -hmm. uh, we're certainly all afraid of dying to an extent. I have a fear of not living. Oh, wow. And, and last thing I want to do is get to the end of the life and look back and say, mm -hmm. man, I didn't sail around the world. I didn't do this. I didn't, you know, try to start that business. I didn't do something. Mm -hmm. I would much, I would much rather try something, fail, mm -hmm. and try again. Yeah, yeah. Than never have tried at all. Yeah. So, you know, I like to take that opportunity when I can. Yeah. Um, you know, the 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 other thing, uh, you know, I guess loosely tying into this is, um, if you don't ever push yourself, you're stagnant. Yeah. And, you know, I want to grow as a person my entire life. Yeah. I mean, you and you have some incredible goals, like uh, sailing around the world, maybe going to the moon. And you're somebody who that's that's a possible that's a big dream. Those are big. Well, the, the moon one's a big dream. <laughs> but I mean, actually, you've achieved some incredible success in your life, financial success. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, that I, I'm just wondering, how did you do that? I mean, I'm not, and I, without getting into like your personal financials, but I think. Sure, sure, no, I'm <clears throat> to share. I mean, look, you know, I, I think uh, the sharing of knowledge is, is, you know, ingrained in us, and it's this new societal taboo to not talk about politics or religion or finance. Yeah. When yeah. We should, in fact, be having this dialogue. Right. And, um, you know, I'm happy to help and share as much as I can. So, a little personal background, you know, I was in the military for five years, United States Navy. I served the U.S. Marine Corps out of Camp Pendleton. Mm. My specialty was combat medicine. So I did that for five years. The pay was okay, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, when I got out, I decided I wanted to build a real estate empire and become affluent. And wow. the reason that I wanted to uh, become you know, an affluent individual was because of the, the reality of the world we live in. And that reality is you have a louder voice. Yeah. If you have more influence and more money and more backing, you can get things done. Mm -hmm. And I want to be a very impactful person on the planet. I want to do as much good as I possibly can. And you know, I found the best platform for me to do that would be through uh, leveraging my talents and my abilities. And if I had financial independence, I didn't have to worry about time or working a job or mm -hmm. bonded to other things, mm -hmm. financially bonded or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I got into real estate, I dove in head first, and you know, I failed a couple of times, I lost some money, mm -hmm. I, you know, I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. What I always learn the most is in my failures. Fascinating. Then, you know, I, I started getting it right. Yeah. And I just rolled one deal into another into another. Yeah. And I've got a, a, a nice little real estate holding company that's got a good portfolio and it's able yeah. to pay the bills. Yeah, I mean, more than pay the bills. I mean, you you owned a plane at one time. You owned property in Costa Rica. I mean, you travel around the world. I mean, that, I mean, and I don't know if you've heard of Tim Ferriss, the four-hour work week. Yeah. I actually follow him quite closely. And you're embodying, you're, you're like a Tim Ferriss. Like, you've figured it out you're obviously a very smart person and you are living you have financial freedom which is a dream for so many people so i mean it really is yeah it's a whole nother that's a whole nother conversation that we could get into about right. our system not exactly set up to right you know enrich people and further them and you know in their financial endeavors yes yeah oh uh, so um I mean, you've already talked about this a little bit, but so many people, you know, say they have dreams and they have something they want to do, but a lot of times they think, well, I could never do that. I'm not brave enough. And they have all this negative self-talk. And I know you said you've had, you know, you failed. And so, like, what is it that you told yourself or you did that you said, you didn't just say, oh, I failed. I'm a failure. I'm never, I just, I guess I can't do this. I'm going to give up. 
Like, what is different about you? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm too dumb to give up. Yeah, I don't know. No, but you're, well, there's something. But, yeah, but seriously, though, you know, I've, I've accepted failure as a potential outcome. Yeah. You no, know, I, don't, I don't ever start an endeavor uh, without knowing the risks and fully accepting those risks up front. Yeah. And, you know, similar to base jumping, you know, I know what the risks are. Yeah. Catastrophic failure, and that's it. Yeah. And so, you know, I've always said to myself, okay, you know, financially speaking or whatever else it is, the risk is I start this, I fail, I'm broke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The reward is, if it succeeds, is I've achieved all of my dreams. Yeah. And to me, that is yeah. so, so, you know, obviously, it's my try. choice. Yeah. Why would you not go after your dreams? You know, even if there is those, those fear in place, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of whatever it might be, being ostracized from your family or something like that, this is our one life. This is yeah. our one life. I, yeah. And maybe we have other lifetimes and other experiences. I don't know about that right yep. now in this life. Mm -hmm. So I have to do everything in this life that I want to do. And mm -hmm. I have a laundry list. Mm -hmm. So, you know, got to get started. That's just oh, so incredibly inspiring. And I think, you know, actually Tim Ferriss talks about that, that you going through like, what's the worst possible thing that could happen if I try this? Well, I fail and I'll be ostracized. And then you like when you list those out, you're like, actually, I could deal with that. And then you're able to move move past it. So, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. so um, and I'm only going to ask you a couple more because you have already because uh, I already took up half your day. Um, so. Your experience as a veteran, a veteran in Iraq, uh, must have impacted you. So, can you talk a little bit about just briefly, like how that impacted you? I mean, you said you you want you saw the impact you can make on the world, but was there something about like serving in the military and seeing life and death right before your eyes that affected your thinking? Or I'm sure of it. Yeah, uh, I'm sure of it. You know, I, I I know from friends and family. They say you're not the same person you were. Uh, when you left is when you came back. Hopefully that's in a good way. Yeah. But, you know, I, I dealt with firsthand, my specialty was combat trauma or emergency yeah. medicine. Yeah. And so I, I firsthand saw all of the fragility of life. Yeah. And I also saw how rugged this body is of ours mm -hmm. and what it can, can withstand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, dealing through that and, and the courage in some of those situations, it was funny. If, if the courage was for me and for my gain alone, I probably would have struggled with a lot more. But at the end of the day, you know, when there was somebody else or something else and they were in a situation that was compromised and they needed help, you know, it, it, you, I didn't even think about it most of the time. Sometimes I would put myself at extreme risk running out into a situation that I had no business running out into hmm. just because instinct would take over. Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to get there and help these people, whoever it was, mm -hmm. friends, sometimes new civilians, whatever the situation might be. And courage was never a conscious decision uh, for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't have to muster up the courage. It was a split yeah. thing. Yeah. Just bang, it would, it would take over. I imagine, you know, something similar to what you might feel when you see one of your kids getting ready to fall or, yeah. or play yes. with a knife or whatever it might be. You yes. instinctually just immediately react. Yes, yes, yeah. And, and you were in Iraq. Did you go to Iraq twice? Is that right? I went to Iraq once. Once, and then okay. I another deployment to Southeast Asia. Wow, wow, that's amazing. Uh, how long were you? How long were you in the five years. service? Five years. In the, yeah, United States. In the Navy, right? Five years. Right, man. Thanks for paying your taxes. Yeah, well, thank you for your service because I, I must admit that I, I probably wouldn't do that because I've, you know, fear. I guess <laughs> fear of dying. I don't know, but um, so all right. On a scale of one to ten, how difficult was it for you to get to where you are today? 
honestly not that difficult you know wow. I, think, I think there's people that have overcome a lot more adversity I, I hear about people that come from foreign countries and they wind up in the u.s or in another country and they came from poverty and they've risen up and they've educated themselves and they're a doctor yeah you know and so i would say what they have achieved is, is a 10. yeah they're absolute innovators and, and uh excuse me inspirational people mm-hmm. for me Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, I grew up in America, mm-hmm. um, in a middle-class family, mm-hmm. and I didn't do anything particularly difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't climb Everest. I just put together a plan. Mm-hmm. I realized that that plan was going to have some obstacles and some adversity, mm-hmm. but I said I was committed to the plan, mm-hmm. and then I just started executing. So wow. I wouldn't say it was it was, it was exceptionally difficult mm-hmm. or complex. Mm-hmm. It was just you know putting putting a plan in place realizing uh, the pitfalls and the hurdles Mm -hmm. and then realizing that the juice would be worth the squeeze in the end yeah you know and and like you said i mean i've got plans to sail around the world work on some reforestation projects in costa rica work on energy equality renewable energy and energy equality for all i think is the single biggest impact that any person can have in the next hundred years yes bringing those several billion people who are living in poverty Mm -hmm. because of their lack of access clean, abundant, renewable energy, mm-hmm. and bringing that out to, to the main access to the mainstream. That's amazing. So you can't you can't do that if you're busy working a nine to five and stuck in traffic and doing everything else. So yeah. you know, I, I firmly believe that you know you make the choice to subscribe to a certain world. Mm-hmm. And I'm subscribing to a world or or, or an existence mm-hmm. that doesn't have uh, a lot of those nuances mm-hmm. uh, and, and adversity. And that's, I mean, that's just so right on. Can you, and you're able, I mean, you're going to, you could, with that, you could possibly change the world, like Bill Gates, you know, or, you know, other, like Mark Zuckerberg, people that are, I don't know if those are the perfect examples, but people that are able to make huge change yeah. with that. What, can, you, can you just say real quick a couple of the causes that you support or are planning to support, if you feel comfortable doing that? Yeah, well, I think some of the causes maybe that I support or planning to support, one is I'm working on a downtown development and excuse me, a real estate mixed-use development in downtown Phoenix mm-hmm. that is going to be, we haven't announced it, a lot of the, the mm-hmm. but we're doing a, a large solar array. We're trying to be 100% powered by renewable energy, yeah. which is going to be incredible. Yeah. Uh, we're doing rainwater catchment, graywater system. To my knowledge, we're doing the first electric vehicle ride-sharing program wow. in the United States. Now, there might be others. This is to my knowledge. Uh, we're doing edible landscaping, hydroponic edible landscaping on the entire exterior of the building. Mm. So the building is going to be like a giant living organism, and you're going to be living within that organism, a much healthier, saner, relaxing environment. So. Yeah. Changing the built environment, changing how people interact with the built environment, changing how cities and municipalities view developers, and then the most important mm. thing is changing the developer perspective mm-hmm. and saying, hey, not only can we do this better, we can do it green, we can do it sustainable, mm-hmm. and it'll actually financially make more sense, and mm-hmm. I'm going to hopefully prove that in the marketplace. Mm. Uh, so, And then the final thing we're going to do on that project is we're open sourcing everything. You know, oh. information should be shared. Life of abundance instead of life of scarcity. Yes, yes. That's, that's one of my that's one of my projects. The other project that doesn't really exist yet uh, is, as I just mentioned, clean, cheap, renewable, abundant energy for everyone. And I foresee a future in which we have perfected solar or fusion or whatever the, the technology is to get our cost of desalinating water, pumping and storing it, mm-hmm. transporting it and storing it down mm-hmm. practically nothing mm-hmm. and there's no shortage of water on this planet we've got plenty mm-hmm. we've got plenty mm-hmm. i envision a world in which you know the north
northern part of Africa in the Sahara Desert, the Atacama Desert, the southwest United States, we have these massive desalination plants where we're energy efficiently desalinating water, we're pumping fresh water inland, and then we're irrigating massive large tracts of land. Yeah. And that would cause trees and plants and all kinds of biodiversity would skyrocket. We would start sequestering carbon. There would be food abundance. Climate change would start reversing itself because we're improving the air quality. We're sequestering that carbon. We're lowering the global atmospheric temperature. And so I think oh. that through our per, uh, pursuit of clean, cheap, renewable, abundant energy for everyone, we're going to have the most dramatic change on the planet that you, can, you or I could even imagine in our lifetime. I just imagine that an aerial view, a satellite view, and you have these northern parts of Africa that are brown now. And I foresee a future in which we both live to see where the entire planet is covering green. Wow. It's going to be an amazing place. Wow. Well, you're, I mean, you're a visionary and, and you're, I mean, the way you talk, I can feel the energy and it, it excites me too. I mean, so thank you for what you're doing for our planet. We need more people like you. So, uh, so last quick question, one sentence of what somebody else could, what somebody could do if they want to be like you, like I'm listening to Thomas, I want to, how can I do, like what's one sentence, one thing they could do real quick to start, just if you have any idea. Yeah. Pick something. Yes. Pick something that you, that you haven't done, that's a fairly small little thing yep. that you can do that you're afraid of doing. Ask somebody out. Yep. Change a tire. Ask your boss for a raise. Whatever it might be, yep. do it. Yep. Just do it, right? And even if you fail, learn. And if you succeed, you got what you wanted. So no matter what, you walked away from that situation having gained something. Even in your failure, you have gained knowledge now for not to do. And in your success, it worked. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Either way, you win. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thomas. I am just so grateful for your wisdom and inspiration and energy and trans and you're and you're going to be transforming our world. I have no doubt about it. So I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much. For your okay. Time as well. Okay. Take Whoa. care. <laughs>